Welcome back to another episode of Glass Onion Minute. This is Movie by Minute podcast where we break down the second of the Benoit Blanc Knives Out Mysteries, Glass Onion. We break it down one minute of screen time per episode. I am your host for this week. My name is Paul Francis Sullivan, but please, by all means, call me Sully. My guest host today is the professor. Please introduce yourself so we know who's here. I am Professor Robert E.G. Black. Uh, my day job is a professor of communication studies, and my night, I don't know, hobby is watching a lot of movies and talking about them whenever I can. Okay, so uh, E.G., is that the middle initials? Middle initials. It, it, yeah. What was I? Your middle, middle initials. initials yeah. You're not just a huge fan of E.G. Marshall, character actor, and... Uh... Well, I am, but that's not what it is, no. Okay, cool. Just want to make sure I understand. Because my father is also Robert Black, but different middle name. So as a kid, I started using my middle initials for everything, and it makes me distinct on the internet. So most of my um, social media handles are just Robert E.G. Black because I can use it. Um, I uh, there was when I was in SAG. Uh, I'm no longer in SAG. I'm no longer an actor. But there was already a Paul Sullivan, so I went by yeah. Paul Francis Sullivan. And then when I started my baseball blog. I just went by Paul Sullivan, just, you know, and Paul Francis Sullivan sounds like I'm a brat packer, but it, here's, <laughs> here, here's the thing that happened. I started getting these weird um, comments on, this is before I did podcasting, I just did my baseball blog and people at, this was in the late, this was in the, I started my baseball blog around 2006 and in 2008, um, both Chicago teams were good. The Cubs won their division. The White Sox won the division. I'm not a Chicago baseball fan, but my I talked about every team on the on the block. And I got a bunch of people every time I posted about the White Sox saying, Oh, you're trying to have it both ways, huh? Oh, you're contradicting yourself, huh? <laughs> and I'm going, What? And he said, Oh, you write one thing in your column, but you write the opposite on your blog. And I looked up and the head White Sox writer of the Chicago Tribune was named Paul Sullivan. <laughs> And I sometimes wrote 180 degrees from what he wrote. Funny. And so, and I've reached, I'd love to have him on the podcast. I've reached out to him and, and I'm like, oh man. So I decided to add, put the Francis back in there. But when I say, please call me Sully, that's there to disarm it. Like, yeah, I know that yeah. sounds pretentious. Just call me Sully. Because of an assignment I did in grad school, I, about, it was like being Robert Black was it was like this poem ish thing mm -hmm. and i basically talked about other people named robert black because mm -hmm. if you google robert black that's another reason i use my middle initials the first results are a serial killer that's not me yeah, that's, oh, that's, was that you or no <laughs> no just, he he went to prison he died there okay i just want but can't be too sure i'm writing this thing about all these robert black so on facebook just as a whim i friend requested everyone i could find named robert black that got very confusing very quickly <laughs> Because I well, didn't know who was who. Exactly. Well, my brother, you know, my last name's Sullivan. My brother's first name is Edward. <laughs> my parents had a sense of humor. Yeah. Now he, my, my brother, is a writer. He's a striking writer now. He writes and produces for a show called Riverdale, um, nice. and um, he goes by Ted. Ted Sullivan. But if you don't think he hasn't heard that song from Bye Bye Birdie sung at him all the time. <laughs> you know, and there's at one point, it's like, seriously, mom and dad, you couldn't you couldn't have named him George 
Yeah. Good name, Anything you else? Know, you know, you know, Mike, Boris. You know, on behalf of one of my else. middle names, Gilbert. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Gil, Gil Sullivan, Bert Sullivan. But you know, my poor brother got saddled with Ted. You know, even Ted, like it said, sound Ted Sullivan, and and every <laughs> other person in my family is named David Sullivan. His middle name is David. So if he went by David, you know, uh, maybe we just should have given him a, a nickname like right off the back, like you know, Slugger or you know, yeah. or Scooter or Spike. <laughs> Scooter Sullivan. Like it. it sounds like a good someone in movie production or TV production. Scooter Sullivan. There you go. Well, Scooter Sullivan's not involved in this one. I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure my brother's going to listen to this and be uh, um, thrilled that I'm we're calling him Scooter. Let's get back to the uh, the great confrontation. Uh, between uh, uh, basically a confrontation between um, Benoit and Miles here. You know, he, in the previous minute, Benoit was listing all the reasons why um, the members of the island may want him dead. Yeah. And when he's, he kind of chuckles at the idea of Duke wanting him dead. And he says, We all know why Duke wants to kill you. He doesn't know about that. Yes, he does. And it's so great. It says, yes, he does. The, the you <laughs> idiot is implied. Now, for those of you who forgot, um, Whiskey is Duke's girlfriend. Duke is the David Bautista character. Yep. Um, it, Whiskey is the girlfriend. And uh, Miles, the Edward Norton character, is stooping Whiskey. If you don't know what stupi is, stooping means you haven't seen Blazing Saddles. <laughs> and that uh, Benoit saw Duke seeing them having sex. And I love the idea that Miles thought he was being clever and clandestine while having sex ground level in front, of, in a front of a gigantic, like everything else, see-through. Everything's a window here. Yep. And he thought he was being, he thought he was covering his tracks. And Duke <laughs> was, he would say it, taking a walk from the pool. You know, so he's like, and he said, like, he doesn't know about that. Like, I covered my tracks. And like, no, you, you didn't even lower the blinds. So yet another example of, you know, he, he's not as clever as he thinks he is. Nope. No, and um, yeah, the previous minute was the one when uh, Benoit says that it's like putting a gun in the middle of the table and toning out the laws. Okay, I got I got the minutes there confused, but yeah, there's a there's I have to say I'm 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 a very big fan of this movie. Um, this has one of my least favorite moments. I'll just say it. I'm 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 unapologetic fan of this film. There's one minute of one not less than a minute. I know it's not one minute because this is we're covering one minute at a time. Right. But uh, there's an edit in here I find very awkward, and maybe I won't find it awkward for much. But when Benoit walks to the other side of uh, the chair, and we see, we can see through the chair like we can see everything else. They do a close up of Benoit. Where he says someone may not be looking at this as a game. Yeah. I, that that cut doesn't work for me. I think it's too jar, I think it's too jarring a shot. I kind of because the next shot is 
um, him on the other side of the chair. We've kind of flipped, you know, with him paying attention look. to something out of the sh out of the angle too. Yeah, and the I close up of Benoit doesn't. I, I don't know. I find it a little jarring. It doesn't work for me, and I can't help but wonder if this is a situation where maybe a line was deleted. Or maybe this was a pickup shot to sort of smooth over something that didn't quite work, you know. But there's something about it that one moment that it, it takes me slight. It, or if it was a decision to be a startling moment, then I don't think it worked. Or it could have been a weird editing thing because, you know, they had the nice close-up last minute that works really well. And maybe they're like, we'll use a close-up on one of these two lines because they're key to this conversation. Yeah. And then it, some, at some point they're like, well, why not both? And just this one doesn't work as well. Yeah, idea. Yeah, I've done differently. The 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 previous minute we had where they do the great push in on Benoit, and then uh, Edward Norton, you know, Miles doesn't understand, so we have to go back. That to me, that worked brilliantly. Mm -hmm. And this particular one, who knows? This may just may be a choice that I didn't like. Right. You know, there's just something about it that I was totally into because that was using framing and everything to to tell something and, and maybe it was again I'm, I'm talking through maybe the idea was to be a jarring moment maybe it is a jarring moment for miles but as a viewer uh there's just uh, it was one of the few it's one of the few times in the movie i was taken out of it you know so i mean again i'm gonna nitpick i'm i'm gonna be really positive about this film everybody <laughs> Do you think I'm off on that? I, am I just being no, I, I think it might be a choice, though, because also the next line is Benoit changing the subject. Yeah. Because he spots oh. the napkin across the way. So I think it's deliberate. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. About it I have no part. doubt that it's a choice. I just don't think I, it's one of the, the few choices of the film I didn't care for. You don't like so. Yeah. All right. Well, we go back. Um, you know, he takes right. He leaves him alone. He, he leaves. And, of course... Uh, when when Benoit stands up and he walks away towards the glass onion uh, neon sign. Take my presence as a sign for at least one person on this island. This is not a game. Edward Norton, great actor, has that I'm so confused <laughs> <laughs> expression on his face. And um Benoit walks up, says, I know the star. And he walks up to the walks up. And it's interesting that um Miles gets up and he so um lifelessly recounts the story because he's been he's been taken out at the knees. He's like, I'm with someone I can't be in control of. And normally you get the sense that this is kind of his origin story. Mm -hmm. It's his, like the 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 garage in Palo Alto where Hewlett and Packard, Dave Hewlett and Bill Packard or whichever one would founded the thing and they said we're going to create our company here and that's now a practically a shrine in Palo Alto. Like this is where Hewlett and Packard created Silicon Valley in this garage, blah blah blah, and and this that or and so you have like these companies have that origin story of this Steve jobs and his, uh, da, 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 in his basement doing this and da, 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 da. And this napkin is like, should be in like, it's, it's treated like it's the bill of rights or the constitution, you know, like it's behind glass. And of course we find out later, spoiler alert, 
the significance of the napkin. Oh, this is the famous napkin. I know this story. Right. Well, you look at that. I sketched out the original idea for Alpha on a cocktail napkin, and I showed it to Andy one night at the Glass Onion. That was our local bar. That's where it all began. But they, they tore it down a year after that. Mm-hmm. Ah, Andy. Yes, Andy. Andy used to tell me the truth. Nobody does that now. It's all just fake smiles and agendas and people wanting what they think they're owed. But the way he gets up and recounts the story is like, yeah, Jesus, where was it? Like, yeah, I, it, I wonder it, if he enjoys telling this origin story most of the time, but here he's just using some memorized version he's told on like talk shows or something in the past. And he, there's no, he's not enjoying it. This is a tour guide. Knowing that it's eleven fifty at night, and this is the last. It's the last round of the Universal, and on the right you see Jaws and Amity Island, and oh no, here is the sailor. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's like for most people, he would tell that story, and do it with a sense of that's you know that's who I am, and he knows with Benoit, it's like oh he doesn't, he's not buying the he's not buying the legend. Yeah, he doesn't care about that. And so he's been deflated. He's been deflated that his uh, that a stranger could uh, um, break o- break open the box with these. That his his mystery that he thought was so complicated was going to take the whole weekend was solved like that. And he's also still thinking about. Yeah, you know, I think it knows. I mean, he's thinking about the motivations that everyone might have to be mad at him. But I'm sure part of him is also thinking. Wait a minute. Does that big, huge, muscular dude who's always carrying a gun know I'm banging his girlfriend? Right. I'm sure that's somewhere in his mind right now. So. Yeah. Even even the way Benoit you know, approaches this, he doesn't say, oh, what's this? He's like, this is the famous napkin. He knows what this is. We already know, and Miles already knows. He did his homework. He knows every all of this stuff. Well, it's part of Miles's um, personal narrative. It's funny. We talked the last episode about, or one of the last episodes about art direction in the movie, The Fablements. Anyone who has listened to Steven Spielberg, and again, I'm a very big Steven Spielberg fan. I'm not, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the guy's got some talent. And uh, he's once in a while made something that, I remember the Jimmy Glick when he was interviewing Spielberg. He said, "Like, when are you gonna make a film that really connects with the public?" Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, between the release of Jaws and the Fablemans, you can't have a Steven Spielberg interview where he doesn't talk about how when he was 17 or 18 years old, he got on the tram at Universal and he snuck off and he pretended he worked there and then Sid Scheinberg met him. And it's like, it's his origin story, you know. Which the and tram he, no longer tells that story. Yeah, which, and of course, there's part of me goes like, how much of this is true? How much of this true and how much of this is kind of Paul Bunyan uh, Americana and like how much of this. And so I'm sure there isn't a single um, interview that Miles has done over the years where he has not brought up this napkin, right. that this part of the story has not, you know, come up. 
It's the myth. So it's the myth. And so, you know, he's with someone who's not buying the myth. So he's kind of tells it lifelessly. Um, but it actually, it brings up thematically something very interesting about this minute. Um, and so he comes up, he's got the fake blood on him. You know, he's in the room where there's everything is see-through. He makes a reference to the glass onions, the name of the place. And Benoit is the the way the lighting is fabulous with the the blue and the green light, sort of, yeah. sort of creating an outline. And you know Benoit's kind of in the shadow, but we move into you know, the camera trucks in where you see the Polaroid of everyone, and a very interesting thing happens thematically, performance wise, and visually. Again. Edward Norton is a great actor and he's really great in this scene. And he's, he goes in, he looks at, he's being wistful looking at the thing. And he has one of the few honest moments in the film where he talks about, and there's a certain, I mean, as honest as he can be, where there's something somewhat disingenuous, but doesn't mean it's not being honest. Right. That he's saying he's wistful for the days of the glass onion where they were all friends and the Polaroid captured that moment where they were all kind of on equal footing. And he's was saying, you know, basically saying now it's all, you know, people with agendas and fake smiles. And, and it's a moment of, it's as vulnerable as he gets in the movie. It's as honest as he gets in the movie. And yet what do they do with him visually while he's doing that? Do you see? This is a pop quiz time. You're the professor. You should be aware that every once in a while we're going to throw a pop quiz. Visually, what happens to Edward Norton as he's saying this and is saying, you know, and Benoit is standing behind him. Do you see what happens? Go watch the minute, everyone there, as the camera trucks in and he's looking at it. And he's saying, and he's being honest in the place where everything is he transparent. He goes into the darkness. Yeah. He goes into shadow. You can't see his face. He goes, the moment he's honest is when he's, he goes into the darkness. He's in shadows and he's honest. You can't see him. This is the one moment you can't see his expression. You can't see his face. And that's when he's being honest. And it's reminiscent of another scene in a great movie, drum roll, you weren't expecting me to drop this one today, Citizen Kane. <laughs> There's a moment in Citizen Kane when Charles Foster Kane is writing his declarations of principles before the first printing of the Inquirer. And he leans in and he's talking about how he's going to be honest and doing, you know, that I'm going to be, uh, I will promise to give the people of New York the truth and all this stuff. But as he's writing this thing, he leans in and he's completely in shadow as he's doing yeah. it. Because it's all of this, I'm going to be this honest, good man. But are you? Are you? Is this real? Is this in the shadows? Are you just pretending to be this? And we have this wonderfully vulnerable moment with Edward Norton's character, but he goes into the shadow to do it. You can't yeah. see his face. You can't see his expression. And I and his back is to Benoit. Right. So Benoit can't see him at all. So, and I think this is, again, very deliberate. 
that this oh, yeah. one moment of vulnerability, I can't let you see me be vulnerable. No, he I has a fake smile for this right. either. He's he's right. Him, he's being himself in the moment, and that's a problem. So yeah, yeah, it's hiding. And, and again, there's a little bit of an eye roll, and and it's addressed in the next minute yeah. that um, you know you you're, you're not supposed to feel that badly for a billionaire, but it's still it's a moment. You know, it, it's a moment of fragility. And of course he can't show his face then because that would mean being honest. And it's and he has devised this whole weekend around these are the most special people in my life. These are the people that mean everything to me. Right. And in this one moment in darkness, he can say they're full of it. They're all fake. And he knows that because it was thrown right in his face. That's that yeah. all the reasons why they, they would hate him. Which I only just realized something. Benoit listed everyone but Andy. Yeah. Well, yeah. And we, and Miles didn't notice. I didn't notice until just now when I realized it's when he brings up Andy now in a different yeah. context that Miles gets sort of real. Yeah. And this is, uh, and it's also because he's faced, and again, we won't get too spoilery. But he's face to face with something. A key part of the mystery is what he's looking at right now, and the whole idea of the napkin and the photo and who's real and who's being duplicitous. Um, Which Benoit may have just noticed as well. That's right. Because he looked up close at the display. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I'm looking up close at you right now. Um, <laughs> um, we're going to talk about a couple of things in the next episode. But, uh, but yeah, hey, uh, Professor, tell little people where they can follow you. Um, follow Well, follow currently. You look for Groundhog Day Project Minute by Minute or 50v20. That is a Movies by Minutes podcast about Groundhog Day, um, which I am very acquainted because I have seen that movie somewhere around 450 to 500 times. I don't know the exact number. And 50v20, where my daughter and I talk about LGBTQIA plus representation in pop culture. One ship at a time. Canon or not. <laughs> and uh, please, if you're enjoying the show, follow us at Glass Onion Min on Twitter. Uh, and please listen, rate, review, and subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. Well, that is it for Minute 53. But Minute 54... Will Miles continue this moment of honesty? We'll find out in the next episode of Glass Onion Minute. I'm your host this week. My name is Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sullivan.